I can't just bomb a candy coat and raise a blaze and cream soda. And here are my co-hosts, Marcy and Andy. Hi guys, I'm Marcy and I want Oh great soda machine. <laughs> Give me acid wash jean water. <laughs> And I'm Andy, and I guess just like something diet? <laughs> God damn it. Today we are talking about the short smileys, which is super fun if you ever get a chance to see it. Uh, and we are also going to be talking about Mandy, which should frighten all of you. Because fuck me, that movie's weird. <laughs> God damn it. So smileys. Huh, this was the winner of Best Writing in a Short at Nightmares Film Festival. And we did talk to Mike James, the writer and director, and Paul Simons, the producer, um, deeds, at deeds, Nightmares. Deeds. And they're super cool guys. They they literally, like, they had this idea, like a haunted soda machine. Because they're apparently from a place where there's just random soda machines in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's called <laughs> Northwest Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> But no, so the the short is um, these college students are are driving along, taking a day off from studying and like, no, you did. You got to relax and smoking weed and blah, blah, blah. And telling, you know, scary stories in the car in the middle of the day, which makes them not scary. Um, (laughs) Don't tell me what I find scary. (laughs) I mean, that one wasn't. So, so no, it it starts with the urban legend. I like the bright blue eyes, though. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. I was really like, I mean, I liked that. I really liked that opening shot, too. Like, it's like total, like. 90 degrees like straight down over the top of the car and there's like red light shining out the sides of the car and the headlights and mm-hmm. taillights. like for a minute i'm like i don't even know what that is but i like it <laughs> right so so yeah. they're telling the the urban legends in the car and they're they're driving off to 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 just do whatever and they're like should we take him you know to the do, do you think it do you think it's a good idea <laughs> oh yeah i think it's a good idea <laughs> So yeah, to the to the guy with the stick in his ass in the back seat. Um, <laughs> so and Mitch, half a blunt in his mouth, right? Fun fact: uh, the guy with the stick in his ass in the back seat is Wilson Mack, the other producer. Oh, oh. yeah, did the one, not know the one you didn't talk to. Oh yes, because he he wasn't there or something. I don't know, but I, I would have liked. Like how you're making excuses and nobody is judging you. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I judge me. Do you remember why I wasn't there? Yes, you do. <laughs> So they go to this soda, this soda machine and it's like, there's this big button that says potluck on it. Must be 18 plus to play. No, I'm already in love. The minute <laughs> I see this, I'm like, I, I can't like, I'm like, yes, please. Take like, my quarters. Yes. <laughs> Take my quarters. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the, <laughs> the most startling thing about this whole short is that the, each soda was only, or whatever, was only a quarter. Right. Like, <laughs> magical Dude, land is like this. two bucks for a can of soda machine anymore. <laughs> That's what we call cinemagic. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, the, there's the game you play where you chant, you know, the type of soda you want before you hit the button. And if you get what you want, it's it's like, ooh, good luck, yay. And, and if you get, apparently you get weird shit because they're like pack of pencils. Glue. Uh, glue. A pair of binoculars. Like out of this plastic, soda machine. blue plastic, like, toy binoculars. Right. Now, 
Like those were those were dollar store uh, or pharmacy yes! Christmas present binoculars. Okay, but here's the thing. Okay, because like in the movie, in the film, it, this is like kind of a sinister happening. Like mm-hmm. uh, uh, is it Mitch, is that his name? Mitch. Mitch. Like dude sees this as kind of a sinister like, oh my God, you cannot drink binoculars. This is strange. <laughs> The, the, is, the, the order of things has been upset, and meanwhile, I'm looking at those binoculars. like I'm looking at those like if I hit a, a soda machine, it doesn't even have to be a soda machine in the middle of nowhere. Any soda machine anywhere gave me like toy plastic binoculars. I would be dancing like, oh my god, look at this fun <laughs> shit! That I just got. Yeah, <laughs> but then I'd be like, but I'm still thirsty. <laughs> so be like, bitch, give me another quarter. Right, all right, yeah. And his friends are all like, ooh, the witch got you. (laughs) There's a witch that stocks this machine. Is this bad? (laughs) Yeah. The witch got you, man. Yeah. She lives right back there, and she's the one who stocks the machine. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) And he becomes obsessed with this machine. He's like, no, I want a ginger ale, and it gave me binoculars. I want a fucking soda, man. (laughs) So literally obsessed. He's like drawing pictures and shit, like all... Like, like close encounters of the third kind yeah. in this shit. Admit, the first, the minute they were like, the witch got you. I'm sitting here in the back of my mind, like black cherry, black cherry. <laughs> <laughs> I love black cherry soda. Yeah, me too. And no, then he goes good. and he's like, give me something weird. And he and it gives maybe him... I was too specific. <laughs> maybe <laughs> well, I was too like, specific with ginger ale. I was too specific with ginger ale. How about soda? grape soda? Because that's less specific than ginger. Yes, but then he gets. Red. That's the flavor of the soda. Red. Okay. And he got Diet Cola. They, he did get Diet Cola first, but then he found the other quarter. He got his... really upset about the Diet Cola, by the he, way. I mean... Because he because then he wanted something that wouldn't curse or kill him. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you bitches. Oh, how wrong he was. <laughs> but, like, okay, so, like, that is totally me, though. Because, like, if I had that experience, like, driving a car with friends getting stoned, go into this... Even seeing the soda machine, it doesn't even have to give me binoculars. But if it did give me binoculars, I totally would, like, drive back in the wee hours of the morning just to, like, experiment with right. this machine. Like, uh-huh. I must visit the machine. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be so shitty about what I got out of it, though. Right. Yeah, I mean, no, I could totally I'd be like, okay, like, I got something I can't drink. I'll give it to a friend. So <laughs> I could totally, like, in my head, hear you giggling as you look at everything for the next, like, five minutes through those tiny little binoculars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and for a minute, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a parable about, you know, learning to <laughs> about learning to like enjoy what you have and not like, you know, whine about the soda, not drinking or, or whatever. <laughs> no, it's not really where it goes. But like for a minute, I thought that's where it was headed. And I was like, I'm on board with that. Be happy. I'm on board with where it went too. I just, you know, expectations. Uh, be happy with what you have, kids. Um, <laughs> and then it, it literally, he becomes obsessed. You, you go through this weird ass eraser head like you know, him going crazy montage, like, like rising out of the, the pile of cans. <laughs> With a giant grin on his face. That was such a great that shot. That was an amazing shot. It really was. Uh, and then he goes back again. He goes like to the change machine, $20 worth of fucking quarters in his pocket, not taking all of them. So I'm like, oh, score. Right. <laughs> not being I'm going to go play pinball. Right. <laughs> Aw. Aw, pinball. Pinball. But so he goes in. And it turns out, you know, he, he goes to the witch's shack and he opens the door and all he sees is his dorm room. So it's just like, 
he is the witch in the woods. And then like it flashes back and forth between the actual shack and his storm room. And you see like arsenic explosion, uh, eye of newt flavored soda. But also uh, berry blast. Yeah. And frog testicles. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also love that like in the, in the actual cabin itself, like when he's, you know, when it keeps, it keeps flashing back and forth between like, his, you know, his vision of his dorm room and the thing. And there's like all of these like, um, like dried out great vine wreath shit all right. over the place. Like, okay, yeah, it's, it's it's decorated in like late 20th century early Blair Witch. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just like really hilarious. Like all these cute, just very very amusing visual references that are uncommented upon. I like <laughs> it's it it's a really well done set with the yeah. soda cans just scattered everywhere. Yeah, because and then soda, dirt. I, yeah, in the dirt. In the, yeah. So <laughs> because I'm just tired of people arguing over whether it's called pop or not. <laughs> just remember, kids. My grandmother called it tonic. So, uh, but I, no, this short. It, well, it was called that for a yeah. long time. Oh, it's a it's very much a New England thing. Oh, so very Boston because you call it the pharmacy. Yeah, tonic water. No, I I know I'm familiar with tonic water. Yeah, but they made sodas with syrup and tonic water. Yeah. Oh, so like they had. So they the were just quinine in them already. Yeah. Oh, okay. A phosphate, if you were, if as you were, if it were, if it words, <laughs> I don't, if you will, that's the one. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> I am not high. I am not high. I'm I starting to, to realize that like the easiest way to get Bob to be funny is just to sit here and look at him. <laughs> oh yeah. We don't have to do anything. I get paranoid. We just have to start a conversation <laughs> and then just abruptly stop. And occasionally you sort of blink and nod. <laughs> oh my god but no this short is fucking amazing i i need it to be released to a much wider audience because it's gonna be weird but it's funny as fuck well weird is not a pejorative weird well, is a good thing true it is yeah. but i mean nobody expects like haunted soda machine in the middle <laughs> i mean how they're like how do you make horror out of that they totally did they totally did it was really well done i enjoyed the shit out of it like if you can watch it do yeah, laughed my dick off. It is literally on the floor right now. Kind of is it also around. in a can of soda? <laughs> no. Is it a custom flavor? <laughs> dick. <laughs> Just like red. <laughs> when I was like, well, that was the thing because I used to be when I was a kid, like you know, back in the days before uh, the insane clown posse ruined Fago for everybody. Uh, yeah, like, I used to drink a variety called Red Pop. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's basically it's a so strawberry cream soda. Yeah, yeah, I know, and there's there's big red, and it's the same thing. Uh, I yeah. found watermelon cream soda at um, what's the candy store? Rocket Fizz. That's the one. Rocket uh, Fizz. Watermelon cream soda, and it's fucking wonderful. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. But yeah, I mean, if you want weird ass flavors of soda, try Rocket Fizz because I'm pretty sure you can find like dill pickle and turkey there. I'm still yeah. hung up on that like cucumber lime Gatorade, man. That shit was bomb. Yeah, that was that was an interesting one. I mean, I generally like those flavors together anyway. Yeah, they're, they're mild. They're fun. Yeah, I would never drink Gatorade otherwise. Yeah, that was, I drink a lot of Gatorade. Yeah, that was something that came out of Mexico. It wasn't an American flavor. Yeah. So. But yeah, seriously, this fucking short. We just got really serious for a second. There's we like did over beverages. Yeah, you know, over beverages. <laughs> because we're we're thirsty. That's what we are. So Mandy. Yeah, if I know anything. <laughs> let's talk about Mandy. Yeah, let's oh do Oh my god, okay, because so now I there's can go something into my about thing. Mandy. So uh, there is something about Mandy. So I watched this this morning when my dog was being an asshole. <laughs> 
So my dog woke me up at like 7.30 and I was like, oh, I still have to watch the thing. It's like 7.30. I have plenty of fucking time. (laughs) So I just laid in bed and watched it. But I was like fading in and out of sleep. And if you are getting ready to watch this movie, do not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't. I guess I should have. You'll you'll wake up and it's an animated sequence and then you'll go back to sleep. And then there's Nick Cage getting, you know, drowned in blood. Like it. uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god! Oh yeah, that's the scene with like the the floor fucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Just just Fine. be conscious for the whole thing or unconscious for the whole it's, thing. Yeah, it's helpful. Like, you need to be consistent. I forgot right. to mention. I forgot to mention that. Like the, this dude. <laughs> uh, What's well, funny because like I I love this guy's movies, uh, both of them. Um, I love them to death, and I've like tried to watch Beyond the Black Rainbow again, like uh-huh. two or three times in the last week or two, and I keep like. If I'm not really careful, like, and this is a movie that I love, I, but like, I'll just fade mm-hmm. in and out and just like sleep and then wake up <laughs> right. and it's like, oh yeah, this is that bit when he's walking down the red hallway. Wait, which time is it that he's walking down the red hallway? Shit. Uh, <laughs> damn it. I fell asleep. They're a little like, they're, they're very, um, I'm, I'm trying to be nice, deliberately paced yeah, <laughs> and, and very dreamy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Now, um, this, this movie I'm just going to get this out of the way now because it needs to be said. This movie is like, you know, those vans with the fucking wizard painted on the side. <laughs> this is like staring at one of those when you're on the bad acid. It's like, but like also a lot of it. A lot. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> yeah. it is literally coursing through your veins. It's like, yeah. like, like the, the super concentrated death LSD. It's like, <laughs> and it's the bad kind. It's the, it's the kind it's that death L- what's good death LSD. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. But this is the bad trip. It's yeah. not even, oh, it's, it's not something you're, you're gonna, you're oh. gonna, li- I mean, it is I, something you'll like. I enjoy watching this movie, love this movie but I, I like it because it's the bad trip. This is, this is not the trip you're going to enjoy in your head if you're actually doing acid. But hmm. you know, it, when you're watching this movie, it's like, this is amazing. And we'll talk more about it. Yeah. Please give us details. I like to, yeah, because I like, I like the mention of the, of the heavy metal van with the wizard, the stoned wizard. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, it's like that Black Sabbath song, The Wizard, where like the mm-hmm. wizard goes around literally just getting everybody stoned. That's right. why he's the wizard. Right. Uh, but uh, like Henry, uh. Henry Rollins has an extended bit about going to see Kiss. Right. And he, so, and to, he's, and he goes to see them uh, at like the blockbuster pavilion in San Bernardino. <laughs> um, and he, so he starts to describe to an Australian audience, how, what San Bernardino is like. He mentions like the rock and roll van mm-hmm. with the wizard yep. or like the warrior with his sword and the right. big titted girl holding his leg. Yeah. Right. Um, and the, then he meant and the like, Frank Frazetta bullshit. Oh, that total shit. Yeah. yeah. And like the El Camino and the mullet and like these guys. And it's like, okay, all of that disappeared from the rest of the world. It all went to San Bernardino, right? Because that is like <laughs> apparently that is like rock and roll metal heaven. And right. this movie is set in the Shadow Mountains. The Shadow Mountains is a real place. Mm-hmm. The Shadow Mountains is in San Bernardino County in California. <laughs> it is. It looks like it looks in the movie. It's like pine trees, beautiful forest, and is lush and gorgeous. And then you go a couple miles in one direction, and you're in the Mojave Desert. So it is like the most metal. Of right. like metal places to be. I don't know if they actually shot it there, but it looks like they shot it there. Uh, it's it's gorgeous. Nice. So that's that's why I was kind of giggling when you brought up that van. I was like, oh man, <laughs> there's this weird kind of San Bernardino synthesis going on. I'm happy. Uh, anyway, Deets, 
Eat me. Mandy, 2018. Directed, uh, directed by Panos Cosmatos. Written by Panos Cosmatos and Aaron Stewart on. Um, it's actually a little bit of extra writing credit for Casper Kelly as well, who is the writer-director of Too Many Cooks. Okay. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, uh, there's a, a segment in the film which we will talk about, which he also wrote and produced and directed. Uh, and it is memorable. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, much like all of this movie. Yeah. All of this yeah. movie. <laughs> um, and of course, I've already mentioned that soundtrack by the late Johan Johansson, uh, who was very good at music, perhaps less so at discerning the combined effects of flu medication and cocaine. <laughs> Uh, I didn't want, didn't no, go so good for him. That, so. No, it made me sad. He's so he was so cute and very talented and very good. Uh, also featuring uh, guitarist Stephen O'Malley of Sun. If you're not familiar with Sun, it's spelled S U N N, and then there's like a capital O and a couple of like closed parentheses after it to mimic the logo of Sun amps. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with them, well, they they sound a lot like the soundtrack. Actually, it's just very okay. very sludgy, doomy, extremely loud metal um yeah. and i was very happy to 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 hear uh their influence in this while we're on the subject of music mm-hmm. one thing i very much enjoyed like as i was as i was laying in bed in the twilight between awake and <laughs> yes i kept giggling to myself because i had subtitles on because i almost always have subtitles on <laughs> <laughs> just see ominous atmospheric music <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of um, ominous electronic music Suspenseful music. I was like, <laughs> polka. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, shit, that's hilarious. <laughs> Ominous music. Okay, so um, yeah, and uh, people uh, starring Nicolas Cage, uh, best known as Nicolas Cage, <laughs> Andrea Riseborough uh, from an episode. She was on an episode of Black Mirror. She's in the upcoming The Grudge reboot. Cool. Uh, Linus Roach. Best, uh, probably from from Law and Order on TV. He also mm-hmm. played Bruce Wayne's dad in Batman Begins. Okay. Uh, Bill Duke from the Schwarzenegger movies, Predator and Commando. So happy to see that dude turn up. He just mm-hmm. makes me happy. Richard Brake, of course, from Rob Zombie's Thirty One. Um, also gets extra cool points uh, for having played the villain in the video from Muse's Knights of Cydonia, <laughs> oh, which is yeah. this weird kind of kung fu sci-fi oh, no, spaghetti western <laughs> thing. I have uh, not seen that music oh, video. Oh, now I kind of need to. So. Uh, yeah, it's uh, from from the last album of theirs that I ever yeah. bought. A lot of fun. I don't I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's it doesn't make any sense. Like, there's not like narrative is not really something this video is concerned <laughs> yeah. with, but it's a lot of fun. Um, and um, the other person I want to mention is Ned Dennehy, uh, and I want to mention him because, well, first of all, IMDb says his most notable film role to date is Tommy in Tyrannosaur. Which I've never heard of. That doesn't sound nope. particularly no. notable to me. No. <laughs> I think his most notable film role to date is this. Well, yeah, probably. Uh, but he's also going to be in the upcoming Good Omens series for Ooh. Amazon. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to that. He's going to be playing Haster, the Duke of Hell. <laughs> which is not a big role, but it is a memorable role. Oh, it so is. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, Good Omens <clears throat> is uh, just something I've been waiting for for years and years and years and years. I'm like. Neil Gaiman I and Terry Pratchett. Cautiously optimistic about. I am too. About the about the series. The book yeah. was amazing. Right? Yeah, the book was fun. Right, but anyway, let us continue with Monday. There will be no Barry Manilow jokes. <laughs> I, I thought about it for too a late. second, and then I decided too late. I he already made one. Read it. So, um, <laughs> Red Miller lives with his girlfriend. 
we'll talk about that. Um, artist Mandy Bloom in a cabin in the Shadow Mountains of California. Red works as a logger, while Mandy has a day job as a cashier at a nearby gas station in the woods. She creates elaborate fantasy art, and Red admires her work greatly. They lead a quiet and reclusive life. Living the dream. Really do. Yep. Like, <laughs> and again, I, I do want to talk about like that life they're leading. And that cabin is fucking beautiful. Yeah, gorgeous. Uh, though their conversations and behavior hint at a difficult past and great psychological hardship. Uh, on her way to work, Mandy walks past a van carrying the children of the New Dawn, a deviant hippie cult led by one Jeremiah Sand. This is this is cult movie number two in a row, kids. Yes. Sand gets a total boner for her and orders one of his disciples, Brother Swan, to kidnap Mandy with the help of the Black Skulls, a possibly demonic biker gang with a taste for human flesh, and a liquid... And a really weird, yeah. liquid, grayish, sterno-looking kind of hallucinogenic LSD-ish kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That comes in mason jars and looks really gnarly. And, and apparently, <clears throat> you know, just a little taste is going to drive an, an, a normal person off the deep end. And they're just yeah. drinking it like water. They're just chugging that shit. Yeah. That's the setup. That's, that's yeah. a good start. Um, so <laughs> let, let's talk about. Um, Mandy for a moment because I find her to be beautiful in a very odd way. I do too. She, she's not later scenes. I will agree, but something happens later. Not the big thing. It's a smaller thing. Um, that, that for some reason just put me off Mm -hmm. really hard. Hmm. Um, but we'll talk about that when it happens. But uh, really, she's, I mean, she's your standard 80s metal chick. This is, this takes place in the 80s and it's very visible that it does. Yeah. 1983. Um, but she, she's got an odd look to her that I find fascinating. I think there is, well, there are a couple of components about it that, yeah. that go into this look. Because I've spent a lot of time thinking about exactly mm-hmm. this. I've spent a, an unhealthy amount of time thinking about this movie. Yeah. Um, she has a very ethereal kind of look. She does. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little alien. Um, a little bit. And it, is she heterochromic? I thought I caught that. Did not catch that. Yeah, I don't know. It, it looked like either, um, either one of her eyes, uh, her eyes are different colors mm-hmm. or one of her irises is larger right. than the other. It, she, she, one of her irises definitely is larger than the other. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if that was a contact or not, but it worked for the character. It, it made her again work on that kind of acid trippy ethereal. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and yeah, and when I'm saying like ethereal, I'm not even meaning that she like looks like um oh whatever her name was as the elf queen in Galadriel. the Rings movies. Yes. Like she doesn't look like that. She just but she has this look like she is constantly she is living in her own internal fantasy world most yeah. of the time. Mm-hmm. A lot or a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think you even get to see a little bit of that. Some of the some of like the sort of dreamy little visions she has yeah. of her walking in the woods and some yeah. of the things like mm-hmm. that. Um and you're finding the deer being yeah. very upset about that. And like, you know, like when she's kind of like by herself in the woods, things look a certain way and they feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then when she's at her job, cause you actually are shown, you see her at her job. It's mm-hmm. just completely like flat yep. and normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, this is somebody who's got a very strong internal life, right. which is really interesting. It is. And, and they try to show as much of that as, as they can. She's very, she's bookish. Yeah. And and literally so. It's not it it's not 
listed as like a character flaw. It's not, it's not even listed really as a character, not even, I, I say listed when, when I mean shown, um, it's shown as this, this is her yeah, living her life through these, uh, supernatural romance books she's reading. Yeah. It's very escapist kind of bent yeah, to that. Exactly. She, she almost seems like she's like permanently stoned a little bit. Yeah. I could see that. Which is, I mean, fine. Hi, I'm good at that. <laughs> but, um, no, it, it, it lends this air to her where you do want to take care of her. Yeah. You do want to just kind of wrap her up and, you know, give her a pillow for it, a hug and a cookie. It's, it's one of those things. She, she's, beautiful you want her to just be happy yeah the other thing that i think is really striking about her um is she is completely sexless yeah yeah Mm -hmm. she is not sexualized at all and her her relationship with red um they may be boyfriend and girlfriend they may be husband and wife they may be like platonic buddies Mm -hmm. we don't know um there is no sexuality even implied between them. Yeah. The most, like the most that it quote unquote hints at, and even that's really, really overt is, oh, they sleep in the same bed, mostly clothed. Yeah. And and cuddle sometimes. And at one point she is, she, she finds herself wearing his shirt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that's like, that's, that is as hot and heavy as they get. She at some point has put on his shirt. Right, absolutely. Uh, I mean, she she does have. Uh, there are some some bits of, of nudity with her um, that do hint at a more sexualized relationship between the two of them, but it's never ever ever overt. Yeah. So I like I like that that there is a female character. She is not like she is not the naked, big titted like warrior girl cl- or girl clinging to the to the knee of the of the warrior god on the side of the right. heavy metal van. Right. Like. She just isn't that. Uh, right. She She's normal and, again, just has that ethereal, odd, alien beauty to her. Yeah. That yeah. just makes makes you care about her kind of instantaneously. Yeah. She reminds me of half my friends from that, from that general, maybe not that exact time period because I was like seven. Yeah. But like by the end of the 80s, like most of my friends who, anybody that I knew who listened to metal, they were all slightly damaged in some way. Yeah. I was slightly damaged by that point too. And that's why we were hanging out and digging fantasy and listening to metal. That's Mm -hmm. just like, that was, you know, the people who are at least at that point, the people who were most drawn toward, you know, escapist um, music and movies and books and stuff like that were people who had something they wanted to escape from. Right. So I don't Mm -hmm. know. I really, I really liked that. And I just like, you know, I love that there's a depiction of a, of a relationship that is, you can kind of imprint on it whatever you want, but it's yeah. obvious that they love each other. It's obvious that they are each other's whole world, but their relationship is, at least going by what is on the screen, it is aromantic. It is asexual. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see whatever you need to see in it. It's, it's almost literally a pure soulmate, if you believe in that sort of yeah. thing. Soulmate situation. They are together because they make each other happy. Right. Well, there may have been problems. They don't talk a lot. Yeah. But oh. they exist for each other. And, and that works. And they're content to sit on the couch watching TV, eating macaroni and cheese. Yeah. And like, that's like the home life. She draws, they work, you know. Yeah. Um, and- I did laugh really hard at the Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> cheddar Goblin. Yeah. Was that a real thing? No. No. Damn. No. That, was the- <laughs> that, was made, that was a made up commercial. That was the Too Many Cooks guy. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I loved the Cheddar Goblin. Yeah. There's a lot of people love the Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> oh, Cheddy. <laughs> Cheddy Ruxpin. Oh, God damn it. Oh. Yeah, he, that was, but that was also building into that 80s thing where you had mascots for fucking yeah. everything, like uh, the Noid and the Energizer Bunny. And that's uh, when a lot of those things were super popular in advertising. I mean, they'd been around forever. Yeah. Did you see someone made a sequel to the Noid game? Oh no. No. No, why? Why did that happen? It was a joke. It's <laughs> like it's it's totally a joke. Um, but Domino's allowed it. To I happen. remember the Noid wow. game. Yeah. 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 I no, remember somebody the made seven a se- up spot game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I played it for Genesis. I, I it had great. it for Amiga. I don't know that I would wow. call it great, but it was a it game. It was a game. Yeah. It was a game. <laughs> in an era of Sega Genesis, I could only ask for so much. Yeah. <laughs> That's damn right. I kind of wish that Battletoads is a little easier, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, somebody made a sequel to the Noid game. Like, it's a, it was a fan-made game, uh-huh. um, but Domino's, quote-unquote, endorsed it. Like, they allowed it to happen. Right. Because Domino's is adopting a new mascot. So you play through this this game. There's only like two levels, but the controls are really ridiculous. Like one of the buttons only makes the noise dab. (laughs) 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 Oh my god! But but you get to the end and the noise dies. Yeah. And is replaced by Hatsune Miku. Are you telling me that Hatsune Miku is Domino's new spokesperson? Yes. What what? Okay, I thought Google I was... Google it. I thought I was joking. No. Okay, no. hang on. <laughs> Give me a second. Oh my God, worldview shattered. What? <laughs> no, like, yeah, no. This is what I was saying. Like, Domino's let it, let, like, let the person make the fan game because of the end, because of this. This is my, this is my <laughs> bottle of vodka, Cheddar Goblin more. Like, my world is crashing down around my ears. Oh, shit. <laughs> No, I know. Is this a thing? (laughs) Just watching the light leave your face. Oh, wait. But, okay. When was this? Podcat is here. Oh, hi. Ow, claws. (laughs) Fuck, cat. Podcat's like, you're going to love me. (laughs) Say hi, kitty. No. 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 No, hi. No, I am not performing monkey. I am just a cat. <laughs> um, where were we? I don't remember. I don't we were talking about Mandy and Red's We got like past the beginning. We were talking we Cheddar did. Goblin. That's why. Cheddar Goblin. Yeah, Cheddar Goblin happened. We were talking yeah. Cheddar Goblin. And that's Goblin. coming up. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, continue with plot. Yeah, I guess maybe that's what we do. Yes. <laughs> so uh, at night, Brother Swan drives out to the lake and summons the Black Skulls by blowing, I love this detail, the Horn of Abraxas. <laughs> Okay. They named to... their they named their demonic artifact after a Santana album. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about that for a quick second. Sure. Because when Brother Swan and Jeremiah are talking and he's like, Do you have the horn of a brass? Oh yeah. And then there's just you just see their faces really close to each other and then zip. And I went, <laughs> I went wait. <laughs> well But it's in a fanny pack. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Because of course it is. Sorry, that was all no, I wanted to say. About it's just the the two the faces of those two super close to each now, other. Now, do you have the horn of a praxis? I do. Zip. <laughs> all right. Whoa. Oh. Right. 
whoa, did this movie just all, all change? What's happening? <laughs> now, now, we have to talk about uh, Brother Swan uh, and okay. his absolute disdain for his followers. Because we didn't touch on that in the beginning. Wait, brother. Okay, brother Swan is actually Wait, brother, Jeremiah Sand. Jeremiah Sand. That's yeah. the one. Sorry, names and things. It's been a while since I've seen the movie because yeah, he I hates think... that white-haired girl. He hates he almost him. as much as he hates the fat kid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's like, a dick. Yeah, fat ass will be a great sacrifice. <laughs> Those words were said, kids. Yay for fat shaming. I think um, he actually specifically referred to the referred to him as the fat fuck. He did. Yeah, that. Yeah, that'll do it. The fat yeah. fuck. Really. Oh, he's not a but nice no, person. No, he, he's not a nice person. He does not like any of his followers. I don't know what the fuck he's trying to do with his life. And he's trying to get Mandy. Well, his, yeah. Okay, so like his whole his whole bent is that... Well, um, his whole bent is that he's a failed musician. Love that detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Charles Branson. He's a failed musician who crashed and burned in the music industry because he was terrible. Like you can actually hear. The, hey, he wrote songs about himself. <laughs> the song that he plays later in the film for Mandy, you kind of can't hear it all that well during the scene because yeah. they've messed with the audio. You yeah. can find just these the unadulterated song on YouTube. It's hilariously bad. It's awful. <clears throat> it is so awful. Uh, oh my but, god! So like he then like took a lot of drugs mm-hmm. uh, and then basically started having hallucinations that God appeared to him and told him that the world and everyone in it belongs to him. So in his mind, he is basically Jesus. He like so all of these people are his playthings to do with as he pleases. He can treat them like shit. It doesn't matter. So that's why right. he's such a dick to everybody. And uh, why do they put up with it? Because God he gave the, them drugs. He, he gave them, them LSD and brainwashed them basically. LSD and some kind of weird ass wasp venom. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the cherry on top. Uh, um, so continue. Yeah, so uh, Swan offers him a low-ranking member of the cult as a sacrifice. Uh, the aforementioned... <laughs> yeah. No-line fat fuck. Right. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> the Black Skulls break into the couple's home, and they subdue Mandy and Red. Uh, the two female members of the cult, Mother Marlene and Sister Lucy, drug Mandy with LSD, and then venom from the creepy giant black wasp before presenting her to Sand. Uh, Sand attempts to brainwash and seduce Mandy with his psychedelic folk music, telling her that God has told him to take anything he wants. It's all his. Uh, Mandy responds to his music in exactly the way that you think she would. (laughs) You wrote the song. Yes. And it's about you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Called by a long, very Bob laughing sequence. Yes. It was. It really was. (laughs) <laughs> we are going to spend some time talking about that we whole are. sequence because there's a lot there there is there's um, a lot so and a lot some of it's very unclothed yes so <sighs> short yeah. version short version yeah. she laughs at his dick he gets angry sand has red tied by his wrists with barbed wire and stabbed then has mandy burned alive in front of him after nothing but ash remains of mandy sand and his followers leave uh red having been left for dead frees himself Goes back inside, uh, exhausted and in shock. He has a brief animated nightmare sequence. And then after waking up, he consumes a bottle of vodka, tends to his wounds, and shrieks in agony, grief, and rage. Okay. Be- being Nicholas Cage. This does, not, yeah. Yeah, this does not adequately convey any of what's happening. Right. <laughs> so um, I guess we'll go back to the scene with Jeremiah and Mandy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No. 
No. You need to go back slightly farther. For, further. Okay. Yeah, slightly. Hit me. Uh, to, to the LSD and the wasp. Okay. Because it's the LSD that makes that dead ring around her eye. That's the thing that I was talking about. Where I was just like, oh. no. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. like, that whole vein went oh, black. Right. Like, Ugh. Oh, that was creepy <clears throat> as fuck. And then the wasp is preserved in formaldehyde, but is not dead. Yeah. They drag it it's out of the lower jar. Half was its yeah. head was not in the formaldehyde. Okay, but still, yeah. it's like this is technically a dead wasp. You're assuming that it's formaldehyde. Well, well yeah, sure. I, I assume anything that's preserved in any way is it could be usually preserved it could like just that. be a gigantic vat of like fucking liquid liquid LSD, or, or it could just be the venom that ah, it's LSD constantly wasps. secreting, yeah. or pee. It could or be pee. pee. It, it could be. be it, was, it could, could be, be really clear. Good job on your hydration. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. But no, just like <laughs> giant, like three inch long stinger right in her neck. Ha. Huh. No, I don't do stings and needles. I don't like watching that sort of thing. That's I, I mean, I don't oh. get creeped out by a yeah, lot of needles. When it are zoomed thing. in on her eye, I was like, no, please don't. Please <laughs> no. don't. No. And then it was just drop and I was like, oh. Okay, no, it's fine. Like somewhere, <laughs> everything's okay. Somewhere in my mind, there's like an alternate cut of that where like a fly kind of lands and walks across her eye, and then she blinks and it's oh, Aeon Flux. flux. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so okay, let let's talk about Mandy and Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, yeah. because this scene fucked me up because again, fading in and out of sleep. One of the best scenes in the whole movie. Yeah, it was great, and it lasts like twenty minutes. Yeah. Let's talk about Jeremiah standing there with his cock out for 20 fucking minutes. It was surprisingly nice. It was a nice dick. It really was. It really was. You can't but do it. The, the, I, I, I heard Jason talk about this and I'm going to use his words. The bravery that was required for that. Because oh, yeah. when we're talking about equity and nudity, um, we, we we're still pretty sure that dudes just don't want to hang their wang out. Because they're afraid of size or being compared or whatever. I'm like, dude, everybody has a dick. If it's small, who fucking cares? If it's attached to you and reaches me, I'm good. I like dick. <laughs> Damn. You shouting about dick just woke up podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, She's neutered. It's, well, it's, 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 <laughs> it's not even just that he was willing to show his dick. Um, he was willing to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. Because not only is he showing his dick, he's showing his dick, and it's a scene literally where, like, the woman that he is showing his dick to is laughing at his dick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't see on camera, but it is very clear that what he is doing at that point is yanking. Oh, rage-turbating? Yeah. He rage is literally, yes. like, in a rage, like, jerking on you, his I'm... dick, trying to get it hard. Yeah. And it ain't working. You can see it on his fucking mm-hmm. face. And she laughs harder. Yes. Yep. That... Yep is amazing this guy went there incredible yeah like that is not something i do not i can't think of another time where i saw have seen anybody yeah go there that's nuts i mean and here's the thing yes there's 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 an implication that rape is going to happen it does not happen yeah and that's fantastic because he can't get it because he He can't get it literally (laughs) impotent in in all manners of the word. And it's interesting because from that point on, from that point on in the movie, mm-hmm. everybody in Sans cult in the children of the new dawn only ever refers to her as the whore. Yep. Yeah. Which is like, it's telling 
toxic masculinity for everybody because mm-hmm. that's that's I mean it's like the old joke you know like a slut is a girl who will sleep with anybody and a whore is a girl who will sleep with anybody but you yeah like that's literally what happens like that is like I've had that shit happen to me on fucking Growler like when like you know they're all like super super smooth and then like I tell them I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fuck them and then I'm a whore yeah yeah <laughs> like, what? Okay. it's like no that's not that, that's really not how it works it's like um, honey honey. You're not even convincing yourself. Right. But but going into yeah. that that piece where that language is used and and it's very deliberately because they're pissed that she won't Oh yeah. you know, take the master's seed or whatever the fuck. So um so uh, you wanted to talk about it. We want to circle back to when the uh, talking scene. before the penis. Yeah. When Mandy and Jeremiah are talking cuz that is I think one of the best scenes in the, in the mm-hmm. whole movie. So the two the, the person who plays Jeremiah, despite seeing all of his dick, um, is still very androgynous, just as yeah. a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and this plays into a scene where he's talking at Mandy for an extended length of time post-LSD. Yeah. And they transpose half of her face, well, half-ish, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. of her face onto his. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like the first couple times, I was like, is something different? <laughs> and then I was like, wait, he's talking, but that mouth isn't moving. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Is this, what the hell? And then it, it like slowly fades back and I'm like, no, what the hell? <laughs> 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 well, and, and I, they did that because he wanted to show that, no, you are meant to be with me. We are meant to be yeah. together. Right. And it's just You're never already mine. Happened. I've, yeah, I've, exactly. uh, I've, I've seen people uh, describe that as a representation of like him trying to yeah impose his mm-hmm. will upon yeah. her. To Absolutely. Replace her personality with his own. Um, because you are one with everything yeah. and everyone and they are yours. It's just a really right. striking scene anyway, because it is, it is just him looking dead ass right straight into the camera. Yeah. Like, like two inches away. Like, like bathed in this like red light that just almost obliterates his features. Yeah. And then, yeah, it switches back and forth between them. And in that moment, they look so alike. It's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, going back to the dick thing though, I do want to <laughs> notice, wait, when they show him full body yeah. and it's a very lengthy shot, the lighting gives you a lens flare right around his face. So it, his face actually becomes less important in that scene than his dick. It's very weird. <laughs> it's very strange too. This the way that he show he like decides to disrobe and show Take it to off her. his hilarious space robes. Like right. it's a big deal. Like, like, now she is ready. Kind of want see those it. robes, though. Actually, they're yeah. cute. Actually, I want the red robes from Smiley's. Yeah, the red robes are awesome. I want some of that shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's very. I don't know. It's almost like the, the dick is the the dick is an artifact. It's, they should have had the green strobe light flashing on his dick, right? Like <laughs> like they did because you know we noticed when they held out the horn of Abraxas the, and there's mm-hmm. the green strobe light yeah. to let you know that this is an evil magical artifact. The, right. the the sword that they stab red with. Yeah. Yeah, there should have been like earlier. You're right. Yeah, there should have mm-hmm. been a green strobe light flashing on his dick too. That's basically how he was treating it. Yeah, but it, it's odd because they're they're taking this this view of sexuality that we have in film, and they're kind of turning it on its head. Yeah, because normally we're like, no, we're going to we're going to hide the genitals first off. Yeah, because we live in a puritanical society. Um, but no, it's like okay, they're just like the genitals is. are now more important than the person who owns them. 
<laughs> well, it, it's odd. It's very weird. It is me. a little bit. And I think it's, but also it's also very religious culty. It is. Extremely. It really is. You're going to, you know, you're going to, have, you know, make babies with the master. That's how a lot of the cults work. That's yeah. how Koresh works. That's how Jim Jones works. That's yeah. Control, control over people's sexuality is a major, major part of like it kind is. of cult, cult thinking. Um, and actually in this movie, the only times that sex is mentioned or depicted, it is always an attempt by someone to control someone else. Yes. The, the younger of his female followers, sister, sister Lucy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sister Lucy is visibly pregnant, almost certainly by him. Yes. We, we must assume, Mm -hmm. um, mother Marlene has obviously been his, uh, sex thing in the past and yeah. is pissed that she is no longer his favorite. Sex oh yeah. Thing. She goes totally like, you know, first wife in the harem. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I am going to mistreat anyone who comes in. And she, because is, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not getting attention anymore. She's kind of shitty to Mandy and she's shitty to everyone. And, um, you know, and, and in the end she even tries to use her sex to control red later mm-hmm. on in the movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you kind of contrast that with this sort of, pure you know platonic friendship relationship that red and mandy have like sex in this movie is completely inverted like you said it is yeah. only a means of control yeah um which i thought you know it's kind of unusual because usually sex is something that you're kind of given along with the violence and everything else it's you know especially in a sex. movie that's as quote-unquote metal as this one is right yeah i mean because you expect you know the dude. You expect Frank yeah. Frazetta. You expect Frank Frazetta drawings everywhere. Yeah. You, ex- you expect tits and ass, and you you don't get any of that. It's again turning that on its head. It's it's saying that you know metal isn't going to get you the girl, and and in this case maybe metal will get you the girl, but metal isn't going to be like yeah let's fuck yeah yeah yeah. It's it's the dude with the folk music. Who's <laughs> all about the fucking? It's yeah. weird. And so before we move on, there is like the one more. Big uh, is obviously the, the bathroom the bulge and rage yes. drinking an entire bottle yes. of bathroom yes. vodka. Yeah, and and of course Cheddar, <laughs> Cheddar Goblin is in there too. I swear to God, yeah. we can talk about all of this for the rest of the time because, like, like uh, God damn, like <laughs> there's just so much in this middle section of the movie that's insanely good. Um, uh, the like so yeah, Red frees himself and then walks in the door and then sees this Cheddar Goblin commercial mm-hmm. that had the Goblin throws up mac and cheese on the kids, vomits mac and cheese it. all over these kids. Right? Yeah. Um, God damn. Yeah, and that's that was the too many cooks guy. Cheddar Goblin <laughs> makes an appearance later too. He does. Wait, I'm trying I'll to bring remember. it up when it happens. Yep. <laughs> I have that check marked away because it Lovely. is like it's like a hidden little Easter egg in the back. I was like. Ha! No, <laughs> I haven't seen that. I'm looking forward to that now. Um, oh, I, I know where. Yeah. Okay. So then he kind of passes out and has the first of a few hallucinatory dreams, and then heads into the bathroom. Um, there is this scene. It is the most Nicolas Cage scene of many Nicolas Cage. One hundred percent right. <laughs> where Remember, is, Nicolas Cage to me is crazy or morose. Yeah, this is both. Yeah, and he he is still clad in a hockey jersey. With a tiger on it, mm-hmm. and his underwear, yeah, and that's tidy whities yeah, yep. Uh, and for those of you with that particular, fetish. and they're quite well filled out. Nicholas Cage has a large dick. There, I've he, seen City of Angels. He was bouncing quite a bit. Yeah, I, I was um, with that. So, like, he like staggers into the bathroom, bloody and wounded, and like he's destroyed. Yeah, absolutely. Grabs this bottle of vodka. He drinks some of it. He pours some of it on himself, and then he just kind of like. 
for a minute, it looks like he's going into like a Nicolas Cage, ha ha, I'm overacting, I'm Nicolas Cage thing. Right. And then he actually kind of like starts literally sobbing. And I'm like, oh. He dialed it back. That's not funny anymore. Right. Like it go, it's like starts out really, really funny. Like, oh, wow, this is so over the top. And then he, then it's like, uh, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> right. Yeah. You just watch his girlfriend yeah. get burned. Right. He, he is utterly destroyed. Yeah. Utterly. And it's, it's a, a single take shot. The camera moves just a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for when he sits on the toilet to drink more of the vodka faster. Yeah. He right. puts away like half that bottle of vodka. Yeah. Like, oh, look, alcohol poisoning the movie. And this is like also it's interesting because this is somebody who early in the movie, you are seeing him being offered a beer after work and he declines. So and you don't see him drinking at any other time. In the right. Movie. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the point where his personality starts to change. A little yeah. Bit. yeah. So yeah. Um, which is probably why he gave up drinking to begin with. Yeah. Uh, Apparently that's a really common thing with yeah. alcoholics is is. Bathroom bottles of liquor. Mm-hmm. That's true. Hidden and in the toilet. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's. it's yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, my, it's a thing. I've heard it from multiple. There are different types of alcoholism and different ways of coping and things like that. But the the hiding of of drugs or alcohol or things around the house, um, you know that that whole I can stop whenever I want sort of thing that happened. That's relatively common. Mm-hmm. So. That just killed the conversation. Yay. We have a lot of fun here. We but, do. Uh, so much fun. Yay. Fun, fun, I fun. guess. Can um, I make a joke about dicks? <laughs> dicks. Uh, <laughs> Quick, uh, bring back the penis. <laughs> bring bring back those glorious bouncing globes in Nicolas Cage's underwear. <laughs> <laughs> it was surprisingly nice. It was. I'm like, I, I don't. It was surprising to me because I hadn't seen. Yeah, I don't, well, it's, I don't, don't ever think I'm of not Nick suggesting Cage that, that anybody ever go watch City of Angels. It's a really shitty movie, but you see his dick in it. That's the only thing that I can recommend yeah. it for. And I can't recommend it for that because right. it's, it's but, but a really split I can second just, out, of, out of 90 minutes. Really, sure. I can look for someone that frame advanced on the internet and get my view. I'm fine. I'm good yeah. with that. I don't need to watch that particular movie. Because again, I am not a Nick Cage fan, and we'll talk more about that. So, but, um, all right. So, let's. Where the let, hell were we? I just, <laughs> Uh, we were in the bathroom with a bottle of vodka. We were. Uh, so from here, things move a lot quicker. It's basically he just kills people. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, in the, in the morning, Red fetches the Reaper, his crossbow, yep. from his friend Carruthers, where he stashed it. Hang on. Because this is the scene. When he pulls out the crossbow, uh-huh. there's a shelf above his head in the background, and there's a bunch of boxes of cheddar uh-huh. goblin mac oh, and cheese. Yep. Okay, there are, that's actually the third place in the movie where it shows up because the sh- the shelves at the store where Mandy works also, also stocked with Cheddar, Cheddar Goblin. Goblin. Yep. Yes. Nice. Yay for that conspicuous consumption in the 80s. Yep. Yeah. That was the thing where I was like, eh, yeah. Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, was, I was half asleep, but that was like <laughs> the smartest thing I could mention. Uh, yeah. And I just, there's something about that take too when he's sitting there talking to Carruthers because there's a scene where a fly like crawls up his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like weirdly well timed. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like for the conversation, I was like, wait, <laughs> like, did they train a fly? Like, is that. <laughs> It's like, okay, we couldn't get it to walk across her eyeball, but we got it to walk up his shoulder. It looked really good. Damn, fucks. Anyway. Um, yes. The Carruthers provides him with freshly crafted arrows and information on the Black Skulls, uh, who may have been a group of couriers working for a drug manufacturer, uh, not Pfizer, like, you know, acid, um, yeah. who were psychiatrically disturbed by a bad batch, uh, rendering them murderously sadomasochistic. 
which is putting it nicely. They're kind of Cenobites. The kind the, of yeah, Cenobites the bikers. Yeah. Right. With with like a, not not into it. With a knife right? dick. Dude, yes, literally that, part the knife I, that part I was not into. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that I character's like my name, anus in its original configuration. On uh, the IMDb thinking. page, I believe that character is actually called Fuck Pig. Yeah. See, now I'm kind of turned on again. Happy. Yeah, <laughs> that like, makes me uh, happy. <laughs> Fuck Pig. Uh, Fuck your world. <laughs> that mentions he's going to go hunting them. Carruthers warns him that his odds of survival are poor. The best response. God, don't be negative. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best lines in the movie. Right. His Honestly. delivery is so good on that. Yeah. Um, Red goes home and forges a battle axe that literally, again, looks it's, it's fucking look, awesome. It looks like the battle axe that was forged in the last season of Buffy. It really it, is. Except for without the wooden stake at the end. It's still yeah, got, it's it's still got a stake. It's still got a stake. It's just not wood. <laughs> At the risk of recycling jokes, I'm not sure why he had to forge that. All he had to do was pre-order the new expansion for World of Warcraft, <laughs> and he would have just had it. <laughs> uh, but then they couldn't have made the, the sequence where, where he forges it. Very so. true. Right. Very true. Because, you know, uh, montage. Yeah. Training montage. Like So uh, Red has a past, obviously. And yeah. this movie has no interest in explaining what that past is. But he knows how to forge a battle axe. He, he has a, a mold for it. He had a crossbow. Just he has a forge. <laughs> that he just like stashed away like, you know, uh, I might need this. Like, yeah. Hey, black friend. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know so bad. How fucked up was his life before Mandy? Because you know what? Mandy tells the story like, well, you know, that like her, her drunk asshole dad killed a bunch of starlings in front of her and her friends. That, that, oh, story that was the was, creepiest story. Yeah, that, that story was, a, was like heartbreaking. That was a wrenching story. He just story. stomped on him and made us kill one too. And, and, and Red's like, that's terrible. And I'm like, and like playing back that scene in my mind now, I, I kind of want him to be like, that's terrible. Oh, by the way, I burned an entire village to the ground and raped their children. Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, <laughs> like, like I mean, he's yeah, just no. like because like Ooh. he's. I mean, he's like, just there's uh, something. There's something going on with that. He's obviously really good at this. Yeah, he, uh, he's good at it, and he's obviously tried to reconcile it in his life with Mandy, and now yeah. that's gone. Yeah, Sue. So he's off the wagon now. He's off completely. He's, uh, he's, off many wagons. Yeah. So he's many back wagons. on the murder wagon. He runs them down and kills one of them, uh, but is captured in the process. Um, at their hideout, Red manages to break free and kill the remaining bikers. He consumes some of their cocaine. Yeah, yeah like a giant, like, snowball size. Like, he buries fucking, his fucking face in it. It really does. It's so good. Like, I was uh, watching that scene, and I'm like, I've never done cocaine, but I feel like he's doing it wrong. What yeah, he, yeah. First of all, get away from the edges of that glass. Yeah. Because he picks up, so he picks up a shard of glass. Yes, uh, right. And and scoops the cocaine up with it, and yeah. then like snorts it off like the corner. Yeah. So the sharpest yeah. part of the glass. Right. Well, right. I'm so like, like, I love that because he 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 jams that cocaine like he's just like, <laughs> like that doesn't really do much to him. But then he takes the little teeniest tiniest fingertip of that sterno looking gray shit, and all of a sudden it's bam. his world exploded. <laughs> Yeah, right. mad like hallucination sequence. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. so good. And from, was. That, from that point on, he just ain't right. No, he ain't. <laughs> He's he ain't. gone. Like, but the substance consumption uh, it escalates. escalates really quick. It's like yeah. okay, a lot of vodka, a little cocaine, and then just a little. A little cocaine. Tiny little, a little cocaine. Perfect. That was and now he's a the heaping table spoon of cocaine. 
is what that was. And he's just, yeah, I'm like, I want to know, by the way, someone in Hollywood needs to tell me how this is done because cocaine, they all can. No, 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 (laughs) no. I have done cocaine in the past and I know what it feels like. And I know what it does to my sinuses. What are you using in film to, to simulate cocaine that's not going to give your actors an immediate and horrible sinus infection. That assumes I mean, that they actually inhale it. I mean, are you going to CGI a line being inhaled? What are you going to do with that? How is that going to be done? They showed him snorting a heaping tablespoon of cocaine off of a shard of glass. And I'm pretty sure he it, actually. Of it falling. Yeah, yeah I, I would argue too. that they like showed it. him burying his face in white powder. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, and then showed the remnants of the white powder in his Nicolas Cage mustache. Right, but uh, say, but say in other movies, like I know that in the first Purge, they show people literally snorting lines, and you know it's right up there. You've got the nose and the whole thing. I don't, I don't know if they're using like a vacuum cleaner. I don't know how that's done. It looked like they're snorting cocaine. How is this done, Hollywood magic? I need to know. Cinemagic. Uh, like on the list of things <laughs> Look, you watch this movie it's this very gripping like emotionally wrenching but also lots of fun kind of movie and you walk out of it I have questions cocaine how do you depict that in Hollywood what? like Cenobite bikers who drink glue and like, have knife dicks yeah yeah, totally fine <laughs> literally gets his knife dick stuck in the floor he does the floor fucker I'm good the with that the floor fucker <laughs> And, and and red slits his throat, blood sprays all over Watch, his face watching into his all open of the mouth. porn, which I'm like, I'm pretty sure wasn't yeah. that also gay porn? No. no. Oh, I thought it was. No. no. Okay. No. That was definitely a woman. Okay. But I wanted yeah. to talk about that porn. Hmm. Because I think it was just like the same six seconds of hetero porn just looped. Probably. Because it kept going back to the same shot. But I also don't know enough about hetero porn to know that that's not how they shoot it. <laughs> I was going to say... Yeah. I mean, most porn loops a lot. Yeah. Sure. But it was like literally the same shot. Oof. Oh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, for, for, for what basically just becomes a string of fight scenes, this is where the movie kind of takes off and gets fun. It really does. It, it, this is where it just... It not even takes off, blasts off. Yeah. yeah. This is... Wow. Because he goes from here... Taking care of the demonic bikers, yeah. To the chainsaw LS- fight, no, not chainsaw fight yet. He goes to the LSD dude first, right? Uh, yeah, he finds the guy that makes the drugs, yeah. So, well, yeah, so like he basically, when he when he he, he hits the he hits the sterno, and mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and then hallucinates this radio tower, and then like with stoned magic knows that's where he must go, and he mm-hmm. goes to the radio tower and he meets the chemist who is Richard Brake. In what is, I think, my favorite scene in the movie. I've said that about five different scenes so far. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is... Complete. I mean, this scene was fucking delicious. This and... movie is two hours of my favorite scenes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and they have this encounter. Wordless encounter. Red says not a single word. And yet there is a conversation taking place. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask me how. It's all telepathic and shit. There's a, there's a tiger there. The tiger is freed. It's the tiger is the indication that the batch is good. Yes. Literally, that line was said. Yeah. I have blocked out that entire sequence until you said tiger. And oh, now yeah. it all came flooding back. <laughs> oh. Because, again, no, like 40% of the way asleep. Oh, and then sure. I went, Whoa. No. And now I'm like, wait. No, it is cruel no. that he's kept here. I will set him free. Yeah, you're right. And that's because the no. tiger is calm. That's how I know and it's, it's just, good. Right? 
He reaches. He has a golden gun. Why does he have a golden gun? So he can reach for it and not pick it up. Yep. But great. Ta-da. Oh, God. I love that scene to fucking pieces. It's um, it's dreamlike and trippy. And yeah. it's not. I don't want to call it beautiful because it is still gritty and kind of gross. Oh, the tiger um, shots. Were, the tiger shots were amazing. I think it is absolutely beautiful. Uh, fr- yeah. When you take everything as a whole, I find yeah. it beautiful. Just looking at it in by itself, taking the other things out of it. I'm just like, man, it's a scene. Um, it's a good scene, but it's not like beautiful. But then you take, he's having this conversation wordlessly with Nicolas Cage. And there's the tiger to take into account. And he's explaining the drugs and how they, how he does them. Yeah. And this is how I have to live my life now and blah, blah, blah. And, and this kinda, is where you need to go to fix your problem. And you so. kind of see like, yeah. And you even get a glimpse of like, he makes mention of like, there's this kind of dark aura coming mm-hmm. off him. And then there's the shot with all the millipedes everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, it's almost like at this point, red is slipping into, alternate universe he's like slipping bit. into frank frazetta land oh totally like he's not even in the real world anymore yeah he's straight uh, he's straight going into an issue of heavy metal is yeah what he's doing. really is and so like so all of the stuff that happened half a bottle of vodka a whole bunch of cocaine mm-hmm. and the, and the magic tar- the like little... these super concentrated magic lsd yeah yeah the really good shit yeah yeah and so yeah so like pretty much everything he does is like yeah it's grotesque and it's gory and but like it all makes perfect oh, sense. Oh, absolutely. It, it absolutely makes sense. It makes complete sense that he would do such a thing. Sure. Right. Um, and that's why I just, I, I don't know. I find like that whole second half is like this big cathartic bloodletting of, mm-hmm. Oh, now we get to have fun. And like, even, yeah. but even as like, it's still fun for us to watch, but like, he's, it's like, there are these weird little breaks where he's still like, he'll kill somebody and like light mm-hmm. his cigarette off of their still burning head. Yeah. And then, like, there's this moment of like, oh yeah, I that forgot. Was kind of awesome. I forgot. I'm actually really miserable still. Right. <laughs> like, you know. Right. I mean, but he so. does have those moments of victory, but then has yeah. to move on and continue his work. Yeah. So. Um. Anyway, but yeah. So the chemist tells him where to find uh, where to find the children of the new dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler: It's a fucking like shitty church in the desert, like they and it's underground. Um, yeah. Like, I like don't a know. repurposed missile silo or something. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea why the hell he would want to build his shit there, but God, it looks beautiful on film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, cheap real estate. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like these, these are tunnels that you can ride an ATV down, and mm-hmm. he does. And yeah, it does look like some kind of repurposed military installation. Yeah. Uh, so Red goes there and he kills brothers Swan and Hanker with his axe. Uh, he actually gets brother Swan on the way there with caltrops to, mm-hmm. to shut down the van. Kills brother Swan. Yeah, Swan uh, eats the end of his axe. Absolutely. And he, he eats it so satisfyingly because he eats it in the middle of spouting the worst, most cliched bullshit ever. Yeah. It's better to burn out than fade. <laughs> oh, if only everybody. Who when he's began. talking about, you know, Mandy, who yes. he lit on fire. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, After saying, <laughs> the darker the whore, the brighter the burn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, he very notably spares Sister Lucy. Mm-hmm. To what end or why I don't know. She well, I, she I guess she never did anything. She cried when they burned Mandy. Yeah, she she was she cried not... and almost got shot in the head. Yeah. True. Um, and she yeah, so she was like the only person who didn't seem to actively participate or inj- or revel in Mandy's death. Maybe that's why no, he didn't. She didn't revel in in her death. Um, but I think he also very much saw her as another victim. So I can see why he would let her go. 
And uh, that's okay because immediately after that, there's a there's the chainsaw fight. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Holy. <laughs> Between the Big Dick Chainsaw and the Fisher Price is My First Chainsaw. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh One of the chainsaws was like four that was feet not long. deliberate. One of the chainsaws deliberate. was like four feet long, and then the other one had like six inches <clears throat> and wouldn't start at the beginning. <laughs> God, but no, yes. it, it it was very much a dick swinging contest. I think that imagery was extremely deliberate. Yes, I do too. <laughs> and it, but it was it was well choreographed. It was it. I mean, it's a it's a chainsaw fight. It's what you're going to expect out of a chainsaw. Fight. I, I, don't, I can't remember how many chainsaw duels have you seen. I've seen a few. Really, there's been quite a few. In oh film. wow, I actually can't remember the last time I saw one. Yeah, I think it at least. A few of them have been in Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. That's where, true. Where both participants had chainsaws. Yes. Jesus. Yeah, I haven't seen that. It's probably in some of the recent ones, though, so they're probably also garbage. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, I've seen plenty of things where, like, one person has a, one person has a, a red-sized chainsaw, mm-hmm. i.e. a normal chainsaw. Right. Yeah. And then somebody else has, like, a piece of pipe or something. And it's yeah. Like, yeah. And you're, like, grossly outmatched. Well, yeah, this that, time, that you see because it's sparks. Yeah. Right. And this time, Red has the regular chainsaw, and he's still grossly outmatched because, yeah, giant four-foot Long the one to cut down Redwood. Dick replacement right. Redwood cutting chainsaw. Yeah. Um, this was the only scene was was the chainsaw fight, if you believe that, that I actually took issue with. Really? Because of some of the ways that they chose to light the scenes. Mm-hmm. You can see the chains not moving. Yeah. Um, that I, bothered me. Mm. Like, that is super minor. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, it's, it's yeah. backlit and you can see like where the, the, chunks are that would be the saw yeah, and they're yeah. very clearly completely stationary i'm going right. to give them a little bit of that because i swear to god how the fuck are you gonna block something like that to shoot safely uh, yeah that's... that specific scene easily done because it was literally only one person in frame oh okay yeah like the, again that specific one <laughs> No. When it was when it was well, both think, of them fighting, they were moving fast enough that you couldn't tell yeah. either way. I, I think the scene that you're that you're talking about, the chain doesn't move unless you press the button. Yeah, the engine. Yeah, but can it was re- revving. The engine. Like, uh, yeah, the engine will still rev. Yeah, but yeah. the chain doesn't move until you. get I it don't going. know. I, I I would have to. There, there's a specific. I'd have to get in there. There's right. a specific control for the chain itself. So, I don't know. Maybe that was it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As much as I'm like like not wanting to get hung up on that, but you're right because it is actually kind of um that the duel literally ends with somebody falling onto a chainsaw that is on the ground and running. Yeah. So okay. So in, in that case, yeah. Uh, yeah. These ruined. God damn it. Minor criticism. Stupid reality. Um no. <laughs> but again, it's just it's one shot. I don't remember which one it was because I again not all the way awake. Um but they the like rear back and like all you see is like the the twilight sky and oh, it's like this, this gorgeous purple um, right. backlighting the silhouette of the person in the chainsaw yeah. where you can see like the chain like completely stationary and i'm like come on man i am like right. so into this movie by that point like i don't even notice it. <laughs> yeah. for real I, I just like i'm, I'm and that's just, just noticing a detail i'm I mean, entranced yeah. by the by the purple backlighting and just and the music by that point gorgeous right the, the guitars are going this <laughs> you know it's just like uh yeah i'm i'm too i'm too happy to pay attention to it. <laughs> i mean like good catch yeah. but like yeah i just i just don't see it uh not 
it, it doesn't ruin the movie. I don't think it does. Not for me. Not at all. No. Yeah. It's just a thing. I yeah. mean, I understand that that has to happen, especially when you're dealing with something that is literally dangerous. Yeah. So. So. Um, then the chain. Yeah. <laughs> not not much not left. Um, he traverses the tunnels beneath the church, finds Mother Marlene. She offers him sex. He doesn't go for that. Nope. <laughs> she gave him head. Well, he took her head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Close enough. Uh, he finds sand, and that's an interesting little scene too. This scene I loved. Yeah, um, because and we see we see sand do it a couple of times where he kind of his personality just seems to swerve on a dime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's like losing his shit and this total sniveling douche, and then he just totally like clicks yep. and gets really really imperious mm-hmm. and. He tries to pull that shit on red. At first, he's offering to suck his dick and like, yeah, <laughs> again with the sex, uh, yep. trying to control you with sex, and yep. then kind of turns around and and yeah, and it's like, yeah, I don't kneel to you, you kneel to me. As he's holding his head at dick level, not for the sucking, but for yeah. the crushing, yeah. and he's like, you kneel to me, and it's like, no, bro, no, like <laughs> you are literally on your knees, motherfucker, yeah. You we found in... you naked in a tunnel. Like, how about you calm down? Right. <laughs> I don't think he was actually naked. He was no, at least was half not. naked. But yeah, so that's that's fun. He he does kill Sandy, burns down the church, uh, and drives away, uh, has a vision of Mandy in the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. This scene fucked me up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because so it... Just uh, look on his face. switches. Which one? <laughs> that's become a meme. Because of him were... bloody in the car with a big smile. Right. Because like, they were they were different. Like yeah. every yeah. time it flipped back to him, he had a yeah. completely different demeanor. Right. And I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> he's what still crazy. Yeah. He's never gonna be right again. Right. Uh, oh, he's and he drives off gone. into the heavy metal landscape. Like yeah. there's twin moons and shit. Like yeah. that is it. Like you expect that, yeah. you know, Teen Titans the light begins to shine bullshit to start playing. <laughs> Red like, Miller, prog rock, let's go. Red Miller ain't going back to work on Monday. He's yeah. like, no, he's gone bye-bye. He's like <laughs> Yeah, he's like the Joven warrior, like driving his fucking Camaro through the, the hellish hell blasted landscape right. and shit. Right. Like, and so basically he's heavy metal now. Yeah. Now, now that we've reached the end, I need to discuss Nick Cage in this movie <laughs> because again, reminder audience, Bob hates Nick Cage. Aww. I hate Nick Cage. I don't like his acting. However, in my dislike of Nick Cage and knowing that he really only has the crazy and morose moods. First off, he melded them very well in this movie. It's very true. Second, even though, Nick Cage is the quote unquote focus of the second half of the movie. He is sublimated. Yeah. It's the action around him rather than him that you you want to pay attention to. You can completely ignore him and replace him with whatever, whatever other actor you want to look at. Because of, because of the way they, they silhouette a lot of it. Like it could have literally been somebody else. Yeah. And I wouldn't have noticed probably Nick Cage red is, Red is an impetus for action. Red is part of action. Red is not the focus of action. It's to me, that's how it feels like to me. It's it's like he's just there experiencing this heavy metal landscape and the people in it. You know, it's it's about everyone else but him. I think and taking that revenge on them. Yes, ish. Watching it a second time cuz the first time I watched it, I kind of thought the same thing and I didn't mm-hmm. really connect with his performance at all. Yeah. Watching it the second time, like, I really got it. Like, I really, it made a lot more sense. And, like, 
it's not just him in this crazy ass world that he's been sort of thrust into. Mm-hmm. He's also um, reacting emotionally to it. Yeah. yeah. Like he's not just, Which he did not do in the first half of the movie. No, no, he's, and that's there's um, very little emotion period between him and Mandy. Right. Because I mean, there's that kind of, um, he spends the first half of the movie almost as if he is acting under tremendous restraint. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, something that was in Panos Cosmatos's first movie, Beyond the Black Rainbow, too, where so the yeah. um, one of the dudes in that movie was it's, uh, the the doctor Barry Nile is again just acting insane amounts of restraint. He's very very tightly composed and really creepy. Yeah. Um, and in that movie, he does eventually like his emotions do eventually boil to the surface and he kind of breaks out in a really unpleasant way, and it's right at the end. And here, this this happens at the halfway point. Yeah. Um, so, like, this is definitely more about the release of those emotions. It's definitely yeah. intended to be a more cathartic thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. And the one thing that Nicolas Cage does in this movie that actually makes me kind of reconsider him as an actor is that he does play those emotions in a genuine fashion. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not just he's not just mugging and he's not just going crazy. Although there are some moments of that, like particularly in the house with the, with the sodomy bikers when he's like Mm -hmm. really getting in the fight with them. Right. Right. Like I I don't even catch, I don't even, I couldn't even catch what, what some of the the lines were. They find a bottomless pit to build their house over, by the way. (laughs) Cinemagic. Right. (laughs) Uh, But like, I I, I don't know. I think it's it's a, it's a very emotional turn that he takes and that actually makes everything else play much, much stronger because it's not just schlock. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but in this case, just to speak to that a little bit, I see the emotion as what we're paying attention to rather than the actor. That's what I, that's what I'm seeing in terms of the sublimation of Nick Cage. And I think that's, well, that's, what the actor is supposed to do. Right. But I'm not paying attention to the fact that it's Nick Cage. Yes. Which, Which for you is a big thing. It is. Right. And yeah. for actually for me, it's a big thing. I think that's a, again, a sign that Nick Cage is a much better actor than a lot of people have given him credit for. Well, years, he was including really me. Good direction. Probably. A little bit of both. Yeah. The and fun fact about that though, you know, he actually was supposed to play Jeremiah Sand. Really? Panos Cosmatos wanted to cast him to play Sand. And he had, and he read the script and was like, mm. I kind of need to see him just hanging wang out there for like yeah. twenty minutes. That'd be fun. He, uh, That's not at all where I was gonna go with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then he read the script and he was like, Yeah, I, I think I want to be red. And then like, you know, Panos was like, Well, I was seeing somebody younger actually. And then he kind of like thought about that for a second. He's like, I just fucking turned down Nick Cage. What the fuck is wrong with me? And he, like, <laughs> right? called him back and was like, Yes, yes, please be red. Be in my movie, dear God. And he, yeah. uh, and and they did. Nice. I, I, that's it. Wow. I mean, yeah, yeah, apparently you don't turn down Nick Cage. I well, would, but can, I'm not a director. But like, if you want, if there's a certain amount of notoriety that comes yeah, with it just yeah. inherently. Right. Like because like Nick Thanos Cage. Cosmatos yeah. may not have. Right. Well, yeah, I think like I got kind of like hipster joked at during nightmares I'm sure. for mentioning this. Oh, like, right. I actually knew who Panos Cosmatos was because I had already seen Beyond the Black Rainbow. Right. And right. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I still love it. Mm-hmm. I was already going to see this movie no matter what like it could have been mandy by panos cosmatos starring people i have never heard of mm-hmm. yeah i'm still gonna watch it but the fact that it was mandy starring nicholas cage now mm-hmm. all of a sudden this movie opens and right. it has a theatrical run that has been 
surprisingly, it's still it's still going. Yeah, mm. it's still playing mm-hmm. in some theaters. It's still playing at the Gateway, mm. and it's on demand, and it's coming to Shutter very soon. Oh yeah, so like just the fact that they got Nicolas Cage for this, and got, and got such a noteworthy performance from Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ended up being a vehicle to get a lot more people in front of this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which is where they should be because this movie is fucking great. So you think we're so, about ready to head on toward ratings or I is there anything else we want to hit? I mean, I, I don't think there's anything. Yeah, I mean, we've said it all. This is Pretty an much, acid a, trip of a movie. Not a terribly funny episode, I guess, but, the, you know. I mean, that's fine. A lot to talk about. We still talked um, about plenty of funny things. Yeah. I love as, the soundtrack. I still listen to the soundtrack. Like, I haven't, I've been listening to it on on the regular like i still yeah. listen to it not quite daily but a lot it, it is a great soundtrack yeah it's not normally my style of music but it's good what's that that's something i'm going to touch on but i'll wait till my rating oh sure okay. okay so words have to come out of my face now generally yeah, yeah. um us just sitting and staring at you isn't working right. this time. So, so now i've already said my piece about nick cage uh but this movie in and of itself it is literally something in a dream world that is horrible. It is a nightmare on film and it's beautiful. It is a great movie. Um, it, it's not something I would normally have sought out, but you know, Andy was just completely, he was rock hard for this. He movie. really was. Still am. <laughs> <laughs> just banging like, the table. Right. It just spooge everywhere. Clean it up when you're done, Andy. But no, he, he has been on this movie. Uh, since before it came out, we watched the trailer and we reviewed that. And he's like, I need to see this. And he, and he did. And, <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, fine. It's on demand. I don't have to leave my house to go see it. So fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll pay the, I'll pay the six bucks and I'll, you know, I'll watch it. It's fine. Um, and I was surprised. I was, I was shocked at, at how good it was. I did. I did not know what to expect. I thought it was going to be trippy. I didn't think it was going to be this fucking trippy. Um, the woman playing Mandy is wonderful. And she is beautiful. And she she gives us this non, this not conventionally beautiful beauty, this etheric, like you said, beauty, where she's like in this dream state and you just want to protect her. And that is the point of this character is that you want to protect her and we've failed. Um, but the storytelling is wonderful. The acting is there. I mean, the, the acting, there's a bit of, you know, things that are a little cheesy and things of that nature, but, um, cheddar cheddar <laughs> 60% more cheddar. Yeah. Uh, um, mother Marlene, I thought she was a little wooden in spots. Um, you know, some of the acolytes of, of, uh, what's his face were, were a little wooden. Uh, so that kind of brought me back out a little bit, but ov- overall it's a really good fucking movie and I highly enjoy it. So, um, in spite of Nicolas Cage, uh, so I will give it four out of five um, bottomless sex pits. It'll be <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> I broke our tea. <laughs> At least now we know where you throw the condoms when you're done. Exactly. So when I started watching this movie, as I talked about earlier, I was most of the way asleep still. Like, uh, not most, maybe like 40%. <laughs> so I was laying... In my bed, watching this on my laptop. And the first thing I see is Nick Cage as a locker and then ominous electronic music in the, in the subtitles. And I'm like, 
oh, so it's going to be another Twin Peaks movie. And I was already on, <laughs> I was immediately on board. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, this movie is really weird as a trip. Um, <laughs> it's super enjoyable. I feel like I simultaneously have a lot to say and not a lot of words about it. <laughs> it's it's a strange feeling. Um, I the the girl Mandy, uh, Andy and Bob have said this multiple times that she's very ethereal, and I agree with that point. But them saying that it's because she lives in a fantasy world most of the time, I don't agree with. Not because I think that they're wrong. I just don't think that that is the application of the word that I had assigned to it in my head. Okay. Because to me, Mandy as a character seemed like she was only in this plane of existence by sheer force of will. Yeah. So it wasn't an imaginary world. It was, this was the kind of fantasy that she doesn't really care too much about. And she's only here because of Nick Cage's Because of Red. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and, and when she and when she leaves, man, it it, it hurts. Yeah, when it she does. leaves the movie, it fucking hurts. Oh, um, in the worst way. But this movie definitely very enjoyable. Definitely not a whole lot to say that we haven't already for me. Um, I I I'm gonna give it. Fuck, I've changed my rating like three times. <laughs> <laughs> um, not not the rating, but the the rating. Um, but it's gonna get four out of five angry then sad bathroom vodkas (laughs) I'm surprised nobody's gone for knife dick yet I'm gonna say cheddar goblins (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's funny because like uh, on on my first watch like I kind of came down about where both of you are and like the more i think about this movie and the more i watch this movie the more i love this movie he's becoming obsessed about it like that pop machine in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yes that's exactly it like i'm getting the more i think about this movie the more i get into it the more mm-hmm. i'm just into the experience like i tried to watch it analytically and like take it apart like i usually do for for the podcast to yeah. to write something for mm-hmm. it you know to um I, I couldn't it's just like an experience that i want to give myself up to again and again. I Here, can't here's step something. Out of it. But no, um, no, it's, it's, it is, um, God damn. Yeah. Anything else I can really say about it? I've already said. So at this point I'm, I'm just treading water. Um, like the more I see it, the more I love it. So this, uh, this movie is great. And if you haven't seen it, what is wrong with you? You need to see it. It's <laughs> still in some theaters. Go see it. Uh, it's easily found. It's streaming. Go see it. Please. Again, coming soon to Shudder. Fuck me. Go see this. Yeah. Um, this would be amazing to see in a movie theater. Yeah. yeah. I fucked up. Um, and I, I'm going to try to get out and see it while it's still in a theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I may not make it. Um, like the Saturday morning, I woke up knowing that I was going to get my get up, go down to the gateway and catch a matinee. And I'm going to see Mandy. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and I Googled Mandy showtimes. And one of the first hits it gave me was... Mandy for purchase and rent. I'm like, oh, I can just have it. <laughs> I don't even have to put on shoes. <laughs> Which is pretty much exactly what I said. So I bought it. So I bought it in HD sight unseen and watched it at home with like thunderous stereo. and Right. Right. And I really enjoyed it, but I got to say, I would probably love it even more on a, on a big screen. So I love this movie five out of five 
uh, songs that I made all by myself, and they're all about me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> oh. You wrote a song, and it's about you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part. I love that line. She's this just movie like, is composed entirely of the best, the parts. best parts. Right. Yeah. Don't be negative. Fuck Jesus me. freaks. Just crazy evil. <laughs> the floor fucker. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. All right, kids. If you have questions, comments, want to be, you know, lay eggs in our brain or, you know, fuck, fuck our floor. Our floors. Fuck our floors. <laughs> man, man, fuck these floors. <laughs> fuck. Email us at bob at candycodedrazor.com or you can visit us on the web at candycodedrazor.com. You can catch us on Twitter at CandyRazorBob. Uh, you can also check out our Patreon if you want to pay these fine gentlemen for watching completely trippy-ass movies um, at patreon.com slash candycoatedrazor. And you can also find us on Facebook searching for Candy Coated Razor Blades. I'm RC. You can find me in our Discord, uh, which is one of the Patreon benefits. Uh, come chat me up. I'm usually in there, and I'm occasionally funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, you are our listeners. We love you unconditionally. Um, just don't do that to the floor. <laughs> don't burn my girlfriend. <laughs> I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> um, you guys were saying it like that. I'm like, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and also, please, like, don't forget to like subscribe and like rate and review and maybe even like share please like girl <laughs> <laughs> or you can't send with us <laughs> ever on Wednesdays we wear black <clears throat> actually on all days we wear black it's a it's, thing it's <laughs> you're the only one not wearing black <laughs> I know right I for- it's only because I forgot I wasn't wearing black <laughs> I had to change my sweatshirt out because I got cat hair all over the other one. And glitter. Cat hair and glitter. Because Bunny had to come out and play this weekend. Anyway, we will talk to you later. We'll talk at you later. Not to you unless you come visit us. But we will see you later. Bye! Bye! anus is constantly exposed. <laughs> Except for when it's suction cup to something in the house. God damn it. I cannot wait to take this <laughs> That's going to go into the episode and you won't know where. Do you think I feel shame for things that I say? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>